you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Super Bowl 58 looks a little more narrow now for some teams. It continues on next weekend. Championship Sunday presented by Intuit TurboTax. The matchups are set. The Chiefs will go on the road again to Baltimore for the AFC Championship. Those two have never met before. This will be the second postseason meeting between those two teams. And the Lions will head to the Bay Area to take on the Niners in the NFC Championship. NFL.com slash schedule for all your ways to watch. But here's what you're watching right now. It's Good Morning Football presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky live in New York City. Monday, January 22nd. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Jason, did it live up to the billing that you thought this weekend was supposed to? I'm watching the games, especially last night, and the one thing I thought of, I was just like, skadoosh. <laughs> My goodness. The games were just so good. I couldn't believe it. Um, just so much fun sitting back watching. Skadoosh. Skadoosh. Yeah. Great job. Yes, Love I hung it. with Jack Black and we talked about Kung Fu Panda 4. <laughs> Much more important than Bill's Chiefs or anything that happened this weekend. I know Peter has a lot of takes on Fire Country on CBS, and we'll get fire. to that. Oh. Fire this. Country. James uh -oh. Brown couldn't have mentioned Fire Country more. Fire we got to uh -oh. get to big. Fire Country. I'm like, big. I want to hear more game analysis. No, no, fire. no, no, no. Fire Country was <laughs> it's big. It's a Bruckheimer show, actually. I'm fire sure it country. is. It'll be big. It'll be big. If you didn't see it last night, how fire dare you? Country. But just in case you haven't, time for the lead block. Lead block. Lead block. All right, let's do this. Chiefs, Bills was really, really, really special. Again, fourth quarter, under six to play. Chiefs up three. They get down a field goal range. And Tyler Bass, 44 yards. Buffalo, is it better if it's wide left? Not really, but it's maybe less poignant. Wide right, Nance's call was unbelievable. It's a straight push from start to finish from a veteran kicker who's been there before. Miss, 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 and that was it. Ball game. Bills lose at home. Chiefs win on the road. Kansas City is going to Baltimore. 27-24 Chiefs in the divisional. Let's hear from a very happy Patrick Mahomes and an openly bleeding Josh Allen. Yeah, that was fun. I love Arrowhead, but uh, it's always fun when you get to come together as a team and really just be like y'all versus, versus everybody and, and get the win. So uh, it's always great to be in great environments and uh, find a way to get a win. Just this run to be a part of this organization and to be be in the AFC Championship game, AFC Championship game. I mean, that's what you try to do every single season. Why you work in the OTAs? Why you work out in the off season and, and come to, and grind every single day? And we know it's gonna be a great challenge, but our goal is just to get to the Super Bowl, and that's gonna take everything we have this next week because this is a great Ravens team that we're going up against. Sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home, sucks. And every season, if you don't win, it's it's a failed season. That's the nature of the business. You know, there's one one happy team at the end of the season, really. And uh, when it's not you, and you're and you're so close, it just it sucks. 
So the Chiefs are headed back to the AFC title game for the sixth yep. straight season. The Bills are headed home for the third time in four years at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. Another epic Mahomes-Allen showdown. Peter went down last night. What did you think of this version? You know, there, there's these different characters involved, and they all needed to step up in the biggest of moments for Kansas City. And it's Mahomes needs to be better than he's been all season. He just has to be because you're going on the road. And you're going to need Pacheco because they missed him the first time. And he's going to have to be that good. And Kelsey's going to have to look like Kelsey looked back in the glory years and when he used to crush the Bills in previous seasons in the playoffs. And you're going to need somebody else to step up. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling was that mm. guy. I go back to this. Said it on Friday, and I said it in so many words when I picked the Chiefs to beat the Bills, and I didn't have every answer on how it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I, someone reminded me of Rudy Tomjanovich's speech after they mm. won their second NBA Remember. championship. They were a six seed. They went on the road. They won nine road games Houston on the way Rockets. to do it. Houston Rockets. And Rudy T says, don't ever <laughs> underestimate the heart of a champion. Last night, that was all heart from the mm. Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I take away on this thing. You're going to have to kill them to beat them. Yeah. And they were not looking to be killed. I look at Kelsey and Mahomes, and honestly, it's like, guys, I... I don't know what happened the first 17 weeks, the first 18 weeks. I'm not at. They were amazing last night. Yeah. Kelsey was all over the field. And Kelsey had two touchdowns on plays that, Kyle, you said Andy Reid is pulling out from playbook from years prior. Kelsey was amazing. Kelsey was the guy underneath, over in the middle. Then when they needed the end zone in the red zone, this one here stretches to it. And you look at the greatest connections in pro football history when we go to the postseason, they're number one Top when it mind. comes to touchdowns and a quarterback and a receiver. They were at their best last night. That is what they needed from Kelsey. He has now had three of his greatest games as a professional in the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so happy for those guys in Kansas City, of course. But I look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who Andy Reid called out in the press conference. We didn't show it in the clip. It basically said, he's heard it all year long. He knows. We knew they were going to be covering Kelsey. We knew they were going to be covering Rasheed Rice. Mm -hmm. They were in man-to-man. -man. Marquez had to make a few plays, and Marquez made those plays. Top to bottom, the Chiefs, it wasn't perfect, but it was enough. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. That's what they are, and they are playing football this weekend. And you said in order to win games like that, your best players have to step up and play their absolute best. And they got that from Mahomes and from Kelsey. You mentioned both of those guys. And one of those passes, Kelsey caught. He was lined up in the backfield and ran through the middle. So... Credit to Andy Reid and the plays that he came up with to get those guys free. And what stood out to me, because Buffalo matched that intensity. Josh Allen played well. The difference was Kansas City, the Chiefs made big plays down the field. It wasn't just these little dunk and dunk pat. No, it was the big plays from MVS with two plays plus 30 yards. But Mahomes buying time. Rasheed Rice right here making a big play, a catch and run play. Pacheco out of the backfield. Edwards Hilaire had a huge run down the sideline. That, to me, was the difference of this Kansas City Chiefs offense that we've watched struggle throughout the course of the season. They had the big plays to open up the offense, and that's what separated them. When they needed it most, whether it was Mahomes scrambling or buying time and throwing the ball down the field, he found a way to make a play. And that was the difference because for the Chiefs, they only had four third downs in the entire game. The other one was a kneel down. The Buffalo Bills had 78 offensive plays to the Chiefs' 47. Mm. 
And all of that to come out with amount of, around the same amount of yards and more production on offense because they had those plays down the field. And in the playoffs, especially you get to the division round, the conference championship, those are the ones that separate you to be able to extend and win those games. From the X's and O's, all of that's going to happen. Both teams are going to make plays, touchdown runs from Josh Allen. But when you can push the ball down the field and you don't need to drive it throughout the length of the field, it lessens the opportunity for mistakes or for the defense to make a play. And the Chiefs were able to do that last night. And that's what separated them and allowed them to win that game. Incredible game. This is like a treat. You know, I think anybody gets numb to what they do for work. We get to watch football games for work. We've seen a lot of games. We get it. It's another play. I was riveted by this game. Like from start to finish, the stakes were there. The performances were there. My take is that I thought this was a better game than the crazy divisional round game, the 13-second game. Like, I thought it was just better. I thought it was better played. Mm. I thought it was better from start to finish. There were no sacks in this game. There were no interceptions. No interceptions there right. were seven penalties combined between the two teams. It was mostly just clean, good football. The 13-second game was magical, but it was, it was a lot of bad football that led to that. This was just awesome from start to finish. To between two really, really equal opponents, there was this stat that if you stopped at halftime of this game and went back the last six games between Chiefs and Bills, the score was 179 to 179. Like, they're so, <laughs> so evenly matched. And my takeaway would be the Bills didn't have enough and the Chiefs' defense was too good. Jason was talking about this. Here's the story of this game. This is why the, the Chiefs are going to Baltimore and the Bills are going to the Caribbean. All right, so Kansas City barely had the ball, it felt like. So many more plays for the Bills. This is a historic performance by the Chiefs defense. I'll tell you why. Zero plays. You, you, have, you have a superstar. You have this, 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 this god running the ball around for Buffalo, and they can't get a single play of 20 yards. The last time a Josh Allen offense did not have one play of 20 yards, it was his fourth career start in 2018. It was wow. 99 games ago. That is what the Chiefs defense did to the Bills experience. There is so much to take away from this in terms of, damn, Kansas City did it again. Damn, Buffalo lost again in the divisional, again to Kansas City. The whole wide right thing is not a joke in Buffalo. Those people have been living with that for 30 years. Tyler Bass steps up, not some random rookie. This is, wasn't Anders Carlson. Mm -hmm. This is Tyler Bass. He's the bass kicker. He's an established guy there. And it was a straight shank that never had a prayer, that the second it hit his foot, you're like, well, they're losing. And it's like they'll never, they'll never forget that. Maybe they'll get there someday, but terrible play, terrible moments. Tough, tough night. The story of this game is that they could not get any lightning going, and they have a lightning rod at quarterback. I give that credit to the Chiefs' defense. They were better from start to finish, and they go to Baltimore. And it wasn't for a lack of trying. He unleashed some throws. We were oh, like, yeah. we'll oh, get into here that. it is, here it is. And then they were just drops or whiffs or whatever you want to call it. Listen, it's been so fun watching the emotional buildup for the Bills, who were down and out to start this season. Mm -hmm. uh, the fans, they've been buying in, and they've been playing playoff football for the last seven weeks. When the snow came two weeks ago, it was fun to see the snow go up in the air. I appreciate that celebration. What I don't appreciate is seeing the snow coming at somebody after they beat you at home. What are we doing here, Bills fans? Patrick Mahomes, after his post-game interview with Tracy Wolfson on CBS, runs over to give his game gloves away to a young fan <laughs> and is getting pelted yep. with snowballs on the way out of Buffalo. There is, I guess, the first three, I was like, oh, look at that. It's an yep. This is not an accident. This is intentional. He is elated, rightfully so. Yep. 
But you know what the problem is, Bills fans? You may have had an endearing moment with Jason Kelsey last night, but you're going to have to deal with this man if this behavior continues in Buffalo. He is sitting in the box with, with Taylor Swift and with his wife and with Brittany Mahomes. And if you wrong that Yeti, then you are going to have to answer to it. He will come out of the stands and not take selfies with you. He's going to throw a snowball back at you. Don't do it, Bills fans. I don't like it. I didn't like seeing it. It was not uh. fun. And uh, let's try it. Let's try a different way. Up. C celebration with the snow. Up. It was a great win for the Chiefs, though. Great win by three other teams as well this weekend. The 49ers had to come back against the Packers. And that was without one of their stars for a bit of the game. Ian Rappaport, good morning to you, our NFL Network Insider. Latest from the divisional weekend that we should be aware of. Well, let's start with that star for the San Francisco 49ers. Debo Samuel was not able to finish the 49ers win. First was evaluated for a concussion, then was cleared, then was knocked out of the game with what was termed a shoulder injury, had a battery of tests yesterday morning. My understanding is there is no fracture in the shoulder of Debo Samuel, which is good news. It was actually the same shoulder as he injured last time, had a hairline fracture, missed a couple games, did all the tests this time. They believe no fracture. That is good. As far as the actual status going forward, that still remains up in the air. Kyle Shanahan going to talk to reporters earlier today, likely to get some clarity. The belief is this is not a major injury. Samuel got to work on rehab right after it happened and has been telling people he thinks that he will be okay. But more information as it comes today. Meanwhile, for the Philadelphia Eagles and head coach Nick Sirianni, couple major decisions yesterday. First of all, Sean Desai, their defensive coordinator, who, of course, was stripped of play calling late this season, ended up going the wrong way for the Philadelphia Eagles. Bad move for their defense and struggled down the stretch. He has been let go by Sirianni. Been a defensive coordinator twice. I would expect him to land in a prime position again this year. Rough, rough situation the way he ended the year for the Philadelphia Eagles, and now he is out. Meanwhile, defensive assistant Matt Patricia, according to colleague Tom Pelissero and myself, he is now out of contract with the Eagles. His contract has expired, and he is likely to seek an opportunity elsewhere. That means the Eagles and Nick Sirianni are likely are going to have to find a new defensive coordinator for the season. We will see if that is all the changes that the Eagles make. Ian, thank you. We are going to hear from Peter Schrager later for his coach of the week, and then we have to talk about what coaching opportunity we are keeping our eyes on. That one is interesting, certainly, in Philadelphia. Rap sheet, thanks. Let us know if anything breaks. Still to come on our show. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, don't think we forgot about you. Mm -mm -mm. You are running all the way to hosting the AFC Championship. And by yep. running, I mean out the tunnel, out the stadium, celebrate. We're going to break down their divisional win over the Texans. It was interesting at halftime. Listen, we had four games. We'll talk about all of them. And yes, hell yes, we're talking about Detroit. Plus, they're one game away. Come on now. Lions fans, get in here. Bucks, we love you. Great season. Talking all the games for three hours. Don't go anywhere. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football! 
back on Good Morning Football. Let's get to the first game yesterday. Buccaneers traveling all the way to Detroit. First time Lions has hosted multiple playoff games. Golf, Baker, you know the players in this one. Time to cook for Baker. Looking over the middle, intercepted by Derek Barnes. Game over. Baker trying to make a comeback. They had a timeout left. They had enough time, but just was not enough. Dan Campbell, the ultimate leader, laughing, smiling on the sideline with his team. The Lions did it. They win this one 31-23. They'll be on the road for the NFC Championship. And it took just three seasons for Dan Campbell to get this Lions team into that championship game. Jared Goff, how'd you do it? <laughs> I think it's it's a credit to all the guys in there. We've said this a million times about how it's the same group. It's not like we've added a ton. It's a lot of the same guys, and 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 Brad and Dan have been very intentional about bringing in those type of guys who can who can handle moments like today and moments like last week and and ups and downs of a season. And I think it's all been intentionally done by them, and we're not here by accident. We're not here by accident. Detroit advances to their first NFC Championship game since. 1991. And they will travel to San Francisco next weekend to take on the 49ers, though, Peter, the way the Lions handled themselves in that game over the box. Yeah, I, I love the way that everyone had to step up. Now, we saw Frank Ragnow in the highlights at the end. Frank Ragnow is basically limping along, was almost out of the field, was off on the bench, yeah, all the thing, yeah. had to come back in. You see Craig Reynolds, a guy that we celebrate in yeah. the season, have a Hell huge yeah. touchdown for this team. <laughs> you go to end of the roster, guys, but... I, Third and one, season really on the line. Yeah. And look at this play call that Ben Johnson dials up. You want to know why Ben Johnson is demanding $15 million or whatever you think? It's a misdirection yeah. third and one to Brock Wright, who goes 29 yards and sets up the big touchdown. This Lions team, it, it's got Amon Ross St. Brown, yes. It's got Jared Goff, yes. We love Hutchinson. I'm watching this game. I'm seeing Craig Reynolds and Brock Wright. And then when the biggest of moments... It's Derek Barnes, the third-year linebacker out of Purdue, who I, I tweeted this yesterday. Derek Barnes was their inside linebacker last year, and with the 18th overall pick, they take Jack Campbell, an mm -hmm, inside linebacker, mm -hmm. to Iowa. Usually that means you weren't good enough. This Lions organization went above and beyond to tell Barnes, no, 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 he was the best player on our board. We still love you. We need you. Barnes has been awesome all season. And in the biggest of moments, he's the one who picks off Baker Mayfield. I love that this was all 53 men had to come together. And in this spot, with all those Lions fans wanting everything, like, they actually delivered. Yeah. I, I love this Lions team. I love this Lions story. It could not have gone any better there at the end. Love that play from Ben Johnson. I think it was last year, Brock Wright, maybe against the Jets. Same type of play. He catches like a 40-yard gain down yeah, the sideline. In the end zone and stretch. In the end zone. They go back to it in a crucial point in the game. He's been cooking uh, under offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. And he's been cooking. A lot of it has to do with the guy who's taking the ball from center, and that is Jared Goff. He has been unbelievable. When you think about it, how he got to Detroit, that was kind of a castaway from the Rams of them getting Stafford. We talked about it going into the playoffs with them beating the Rams last week. But you look at how good Jared Goff was, and I talked about in the highlight. They go up seven, and the Buccaneers give them the ball back. In this drive, Goff was unbelievable. And they were aggressive. They threw the ball. They didn't just start handing it off to Montgomery and Gibbs. No, they went for the kill in this one, and he was really good. Four different pass catchers on this drive, spreading the ball around and getting it to his guys. And in this one, by the end zone, Amara on the, on the wheel route. And he throws this as he's still running and is an absolute dime from golf. And just so poised what he's able to do and how he's become the leader and kind of the yeah. king of the 3-1-3. Look at him in the fourth quarter. Up. 
Look, this is Jared Goff. This is the guy that we kind of laughed at when the Rams got Stafford. They won the Super Bowl, and it was like, all right, he's going into Detroit. And he has just been absolutely on the money as the Lions quarterback. And I look at what Dan Campbell embodies, what Jared Goff embodies, how they've overcome in this season for the Lions. We talked about it coming in. Oh, they're the hot team, but they've lived up to it. And I think what Goff said at the end of that press comment, we expected to be here. It's not by accident. I think that's the special thing about this Lions team, how they've continued to win. Just quickly, let's just raise the glass to the 2023 Buccaneers. I really like yeah, this team. They were fun. I have a lot of respect for how they handle themselves, how hard they fought. Like, nobody thought that was going to happen. Just a quick hell yes to the Bucs. Hell yeah. But the Lions say, I, I, I refuse to get numb to this idea that the Detroit Lions are in the title game. Like, I, I'm not going to let it become normal to me. It's not normal. It's not just average. It is so unbelievably cool, special, and it's becoming increasingly less bizarre. And listen, a couple of things. I think there was a sentiment that they slayed the Dragon last week and they had the home playoff win and now everything else is gravy. They didn't play like that at all. Like, they, they played like they want the whole thing. Jameer Gibbs pops off the screen. <laughs> He's, he pops. Yeah, I feel like I'm watching a youth football game and it's just like, who is that kid? Like, when he made that run in, against Winfield, like, I've rarely seen a player hit the Jets that quickly and it was all this measurable combine stuff about acceleration and shuttle run. It's like, we have to get him the ball this week because, like, I love McCaffrey, but this is their McCaffrey. Like, he absolutely jumps off the screen. I think Gibbs is going to have another massive game this weekend in terms of how they go into the game plan. Speaking of that, like, I know we're trying to unwrap this game. I just have a thought for Detroit this morning. I'm looking at the matchup, Detroit-San Francisco. Why is there a minus 7.5 next to San Francisco? What is – I thought – I had to look. I thought it was a 1.5. No, that's a damn 7. Seven and a half for Detroit. Why? What, we're going to talk about this all week, but – they took care of business. It was look, I, I, that's why I started with Tampa. Tampa was gritty and tough, and I, I thought they were going to come back and tie it. They did not. Detroit was a better team. I don't understand why they're already seven and a half point dogs on Monday morning. His team is very special, and I can see him in Vegas. They were awesome. Can you remind me last week, Kyle, who you were talking mm. about when you said the Cinderella story for March Madness? You yeah, know, it was the Packers, Packers receivers. The Packers receivers, and that's great. We have a new Cinderella story, I think, with the Detroit Lions specifically. <laughs> and all the great basketball coaches say this: is that you become sophomores if you're a freshman. You become a sophomore in March. We're seeing that with the Lions rookies. The Lions rookies of Sam Laporta, Brian Branch, Jack Campbell, and Jameer Gibbs. I, I can't stop watching these guys. To your point, it's not just Gibbs. It's all these young guys and the way they're handling themselves. They look so ready and that they have arrived. Yeah. And, like, they've been playing great. But it wouldn't be a surprise if they were just, like, a flash here and a pop there. No, like, January has become their moment. Yeah. This team is just everything. January Madness? For. January See, I don't madness. think they're Cinderella. I think they're diaper dandies. Yeah, they might be. That, there like we the go. Freshman, but, like, Dang. they're not, like, a 13 seed who's making a crazy run. Yep. Isn't it? Is, is it blowing everybody else's mind the Lions are in the title well, game? Because the Niners, the Niners didn't roll over the Packers. And right. you think that, well, the Lions are a far yeah. more formidable opponent. So I'm and with you. You grew up with the Detroit Lions organization. Right. Freak you out that they're in the title game? Dude, I, I went last <laughs> night. I was thinking about it. And I like I remember the 91 title game. That was when they were there. I do. Barry Sanders. <laughs> there was a lot of hype. And then the Redskins ran right through. And Joe yeah. Gibbs' boys were like, this is Mark Rippon's team. We're not losing this game. <laughs> I don't feel like they're some crazy like long shot like you're saying. I, I, I agree. I'm with Seven you. and a half. So, Seven and a half might change once the Debo Sam information Sweet. becomes a little bit more clear. We'll see is right. So many young, fun quarterbacks in the AFC. We got yep. two more here. C.J. Stroud became the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff game last week at 22 years old. He's trying to beat a former MVP and a potential second-time MVP in Lamar Jackson. They are rolling, they are eating, and they are up 34-10 to 10 before this game. 
finishes Lamar feeling himself there. Let's go to some other young quarterbacks, specifically Jordan Love. Remember how good he was yeah. against the, uh, the Cowboys? He was unbelievable. We've said he's probably the hottest quarterback in the league. Packers, down three, plenty of time, two timeouts, 50 seconds. All he needs is a field goal. Oh. Love just... We'll get into it. And a really, truly inexplicable throw, which I know he felt terrible about. It's intercepted by Dre Greenlaw, and that's the season. That's the season. Dre Greenlaw ran 300 yards after he intercepted it. We got to talk about that. All kinds of Olsen and Burkhardt, go down! Everyone in the universe was saying go oh, down. Greenlaw said, I, I wanted a pick six. Dude. 24-21, <laughs> the Niners back to the title game. The Packers, awesome season, but knocked out. Let's hear from the Shan Man after a comeback. Yes, comeback win at home. Very proud of the guys in there. I thought that was as big of a mental challenge and just a character game as any game I've been a part of. I mean, when things aren't going how you want on offense, defense, special teams, you know, the rain, guys slipping a lot, you know, losing Debo early, um, having to change some things with that, and um, just some of the mistakes we made to overcome. Like, it was a gut check for everybody, and couldn't be more proud of the people in there and just how they persevered. Uh, it was not a pretty win at, at times, but the 49ers got it done. They closed it out, and they advanced to their second straight NFC title game last year in Philadelphia. This year, they get to host. So what was their biggest takeaway, Jason, from the game on Saturday night? Watching Brock Purdy, and I said it going into the game, it was an opportunity for him to go out there and really step up. And he didn't play well. He didn't play well throughout the game. You saw early on he had the glove on, then he took the glove off. There was at one point they showed on the broadcast he's wiping his pants off in the middle mm. of the play. But I remember playing defense for so long in the NFL and being on so many teams where your quarterback has the ball, you have a chance to win, it's late in the game, and you're sitting on that bench, you have absolutely no hope that the offense and that guy is going to be able to drive down there and get it done. Brock Purdy did that. Mm-hmm. That final drive of the game, call this the game of the front of the three quarters, whatever you want to call it. When they really needed a play, he did. He was 6-7 on his drive. He rushed for one down in the red zone. That's Chris Connolly. Chris Connolly. I mean, that's... He's making a pass. He was making catches for the Chiefs in the playoffs Chris years ago. And we haven't Great. heard of him since. And he's stepping up with no Debo Samuel late in the game for them to be able to get ahead. This was Brock Purdy's first fourth quarter comeback this season. And we mentioned it. For Kyle Shanahan, they said it all throughout. Down seven can't plus win. in the fourth quarter, zero and 30. They can't win. They cannot come back. The offense isn't built that way. They have to play from ahead. Well, Brock Purdy got in that game late. He made the necessary plays for them to win that game. Kyle Shanahan, he is now one and 30 when down seven or plus in the fourth quarter because they came back and they got the victory. I'm with you so much, Jason, in that, like, this wasn't pretty. This wasn't one of those games that they're going to put in the Hall of Fame, like, montage of Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan, how he called it. It was... It was an ugly win. It was a gritty win. And it's almost, for Niners fans, it's almost more of a relief than it is, like, a Agreed. celebration. This Agreed. one just felt like we escaped, and let's please get to the next opponent and start a new page. We mentioned Chris Conley. Yes. Played for the Jaguars, played for the Chiefs, he's been around the league, didn't know he was even on the 49ers. He's wearing number 84. He makes a big catch in the fourth quarter there. How about Jawan Jennings? Jawan Jennings, when Debo goes down, Jawan Jennings is their third down guy all of a sudden. And on big plays, Juwan Jennings, number 15, who I have learned over the course of the season is the vocal leader in that locker room. He's a big talker. He's a big hype guy, stepping up in huge ways in this game. Juwan Jennings has been a guy that has made plays and in the first week of the season made a, uh, you know, had a, had a strong performance on national TV and was great. These are big plays over the line, over the, look at this game. Six targets, five catches, 61 yards, four first downs. Season highs across the board, and this is when it matters. It matters in the playoffs. And when Debo Samuel goes down, 
You better have somebody who's going to step up. Juwan Jennings did, and then we talk so much about this defense. We love Fred Warner. We love, of course, Bosa, Armstead, the defensive line, Chris Kasurik's unit with Chase Young and all these guys. Drake Greenlaw, say what you want about running around like a chicken with his head cut off once he intercepted him. He had the game of his life on Saturday night. He was amazing. He had eight tackles, this guy. He also had two interceptions, two huge interceptions of Jordan Love, who looked like he was playing like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre on their best day in this game at points. Dre Greenlaw, huge game. Check a look at his stats real quick before we, we put a, a wrap on this one because the Niners fans don't want to watch this game. It gives them anxiety to even look at the highlights. It was so close. Eight tackles, two interceptions, and then you look at the receiving yards when he was covering all those guys for the Packers underneath. 25, uh, and that's via Pro Football Focus. So when you talk about all the stars of a team, and we're going to get into McCaffrey and all those guys. Jawan Jennings and Dre Greenlaw are huge pieces of that win, and that's okay. On to the next one. I almost feel like I don't even want to talk about it for your Niners fan. Like, on to the next, on to the next. That mm. one was scary Saturday night. The anxiety game. Even the, the game ceiling interception brought anxiety. That's true. I mean, there's going to be documentaries about that interception return. Still running. I don't know what the hell he was doing. He joked about it afterwards. He said, I wanted to pick six. And he's like, yeah, dude, dude. get the hell down. So <laughs> Warner told him you're going to have a pick six today. So he's oh, trying to right? prove him right. Oh, God. I was earlier. almost positive he was going to fumble when they finally tackled him. Thank God he didn't. So um, I'm trying to figure out what the hell happened at the end of the game for the Packers. The, uh, mm. the seven deadly sins, pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, sloth, and whatever Jordan Love threw at that last play. And I say that because he said it was the mortal sin of quarterbacks. Mm, it was almost sin. like you keep comparing me to Rodgers and Favre. Well, there's one thing I've been going to do that's been missing, and I'm going to go full Favre with this. End of the game, down at the last second, and you're like, ah, screw it, just throw it up. Again, Two timeouts, about 50 seconds left. You just need a field goal. And it was so weird because this is everything Jordan Love has not done for six months. Yep. Poise, poise, poise. Like, even in the games when he maybe didn't play well earlier in the season, it's not like he was rattled. It wasn't too big for him. And all of a sudden, he just made this bizarre decision in a pass that had zero chance. If he didn't intercept it, the guy behind him would have intercepted it. It never would have gotten to his player. And it's it wasn't desperation time yet. And it was so he was like... Perfect leader, perfect football player, my fault, mortal sin, all of that. It was just a terrible ending. Is that he checks stuff? Run. Like, I can't miss right now. I'm the hottest quarterback in the entire league. Like, everything I throw has been working, and I'm just going to go for this because this is my moment. And the game, he needed to be humbled by the game or something like that. Mm. It's just, that was an unconscionable throw. Yeah. And I don't want to tee off on Jordan Love this morning. It, it's the reason I'm speaking about it. I'm so, I was so surprised. Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't think he would get in that way. I have so much trust in him already, and the future's so bright. And, I mean, he's talking to LaFleur before the, before the series. I can't even imagine yeah. what LaFleur must have thought. So, mm -hmm. he feels terrible about it. I'm sure Packers fans were way more hey, shocked even if that we kicker were. makes the kick the next, from 40 yards, they're, they're up seven. Well, to your point, if he takes him down the field, Carlson maybe misses again. Who knows? But or if he had made it earlier, you don't draw, need that. Not down. It was a sloppy bad ending with a bad pick and a missed field goal. Uh, I think I think the better team won. The Packers looked like the better team for they a did. lot of this Ran game. The ball. But that's not how the games are counted. That was a crazy ending. Now we'll get ready for 15 years of Jordan Love, everybody. So get yeah. ready. You almost think like that is a classic moment where you have to imagine coaches are constantly reminding him, like, this is how many timeouts you have left. Yeah. This is the situation. And it's like maybe the one instance they didn't. That's the decision that he makes. You're like, God, I forgot to remind him again. He's young, and I forget that because he's playing so well. Looking at these two quarterbacks, this was great. It was fun to watch. But I, I lead myself to where Jason started with this Brock Purdy conversation and how he's taking it on the chin with like this whole game manager or whatever you want to call it, insult, compliment, it doesn't really matter. He was the one that was not making that kind of throw at the end of the game. Peter, I look at this offense and just to not have a Debo Samuel, to be able to keep your wherewithal, and really that's the juxtaposition is you have this one making that decision and this one not and how different that looks in a playoff game and there's there's 
20 years of Kyle Shanahan scar tissue and baggage and pressure on Purdy to not make a mistake mm. and to just operate and get it done. And he moved them, what, 90 yards down the mm-hmm. field? Uh, Jamie, it was, you mentioned it last week on the show. Every other quarterback who played last week was a first-round pick. Brock Purdy was the last selection of his draft. And who was the clutches when they needed him most? It was Purdy. On that final drive, he was, he was nails. He turned it all around and... He was everything you wanted from a quarterback in a big spot. And those that remain are Goff, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Brock Purdy. Let's go. It's fantastic. Purdy in the backpack. Coming up, another painful playoff exit for the Buffalo Bills. Can they and do they, and who is it with, run it back next season? Or are changes coming across the lake? You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Chiefs going back to the title game. The Bills lose. Let's hear from their head coach, Sean McDermott. Why couldn't you guys get it done at home, man? Mm. You know, didn't, didn't play the way we needed to, I thought, in, in two of the three phases, defensively first and, and special teams. And I thought offensively did some really good things, some plays still left out there. But overall, we didn't do enough defensively to impact the game more than we could have. Peter, uh, Bills lose last night. That's the third year in a row they've lost in the divisional round. Yeah, they're not in the AFC Championship game. Again, you know, last night on the CBS show, Nate Burleson, our former colleague, was like, you know, don't blame Tyler Bass. There was a million other players. Mm -hmm. You can blame Tyler Bass. You can blame all the people who made mistakes. You can blame all the players. At some point, you have to rise above. You have to find a way to make Tyler Bass... As much as he is, is going to be, you know, treated in Buffalo for the rest of his career for missing that thing, is one of the best kickers in the league. Mm-hmm. Make the kick. You look at Josh Allen there, and he's epic and unbelievable and played an amazing game. There were plays at the end there where instead of taking the underneath to Diggs, which is what Romo was talking mm-hmm. about, he was mm-hmm. going for the home run shot. Fine. Got to make the plays there. I go back to this fake punt. This fake punt call Get into it. could be yeah. the greatest play in the history of Buffalo this is sports. high drama. You look at this. We're freezing in here. Those are only nine players for the Chiefs. Williams, number two, was off with an injury. They are man down. There's a deep man returning. They have nine guys on the field, meaning Buffalo sees it. So what do they do with it? Well, we get this, and it's Damar Hamlin, who is not an offensive player, who has never handled the ball for Buffalo, and he's short the first down. And you see plays like that, and it's like, has that, if that goes a different way, are we talking about the Bills this morning? And yes, I know the very next possession, the Chiefs fumble the ball through the end zone and it actually ends up not being the one that's the backbreaker. But when you have a punter who's injured, Sam Martin, out there and he's, it's not his best day, yeah. and you've got a kicker who's supposed to be epic in those weather conditions and just happens to miss it, and then you have a fake punt that doesn't convert. McDermott's right. The offense was awesome last night. The special teams and the defense let them down, and that's heartbreaking because you need all three facets, at least two of the three facets, if you are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a game like that. 
They didn't make enough plays. It's just mm. it's down to that. They have a player of mass destruction in 17 running around doing the best he can. They didn't pick him up. I think there's two specific times when they literally dropped the ball that uh. just killed you. So they didn't have any zero plays of 20 yards. It's been talked about a lot. The Bills didn't have a single play that went 20 yards. This one kills you. All right, this is this is the Trent Sherfield who is playing the Gabe Davis role. I get it. It's a tough catch, but it's, it's the playoffs. Make that catch. The Bills punted on the next play. That's enough, all right? But then this one. This is fourth quarter, playoff game, at home. Josh Allen's going to throw one about 700 yards oh. on a first and 10. Woo. And I got my star wide out, and I nail the throw. And, and Diggs drops it. Diggs drops it. So, guys... I mean, Stephon Diggs needs to make that catch, and he doesn't need a lecture from me or anybody. He knows that. But, like, make that catch. That was the drive. That was the final drive in which they ended up missing the field goal. Like, that is why you're I, – I, I'm incredibly frustrating watching him drop that ball because he's such a good player, and he's right there, and Allen makes the throw. And it's just like that's, that's why you're not there. That's the difference between winning and losing. That's the difference between Bill and Chief. Like, you, you got to make that mm. play. And it's just like – there's this feeling now of the Bills of, again, if not now, yes. when? When? We, we lost again and we missed another kick and our wide receiver dropped a pass? Like, what are we supposed to do? You know, on a personal note, I, you know, I get a lot of notes from people over the weekend about, like, you had a lot to say when the Cowboys lost and the same phrase that all those lemmings use, keep that same energy now about the Bills. There's a lot in common, for sure, in the sense that we just keep doing this over and over, I think that the, the Bills' problem is much more specific is that this is the third time they've lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. The Cowboys lose to everybody. I'm talking about the Chiefs. And it's like, what are they supposed to do differently? I always feel this, like the Chiefs have been to six title games. Six. The Bills have been to one. And it starts to feel to me... Look, I always go back to the 90s, and it's appropriate for the Bills to go back to the yeah. 90s. Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley and Carl Malone were amazing players, all-time Hall of Famers, and they just couldn't get it done because they'd run into 23, and that'd be it. And it's like sometimes they would win MVP, and they'd have great season, they'd get to the finals, just says, sorry, you play in the wrong era. And it starts to feel that way, that, like, is this just the wrong era? If Josh Allen had shown up five years earlier than he did, or maybe five years later than he did, was it just in the wrong era that they can't beat this Chiefs team because you got him at home, and the offense wasn't what it's been in the past years, and you still lost. And so it's like, well, you look at the head coach. Like, if everybody says, why do the Cowboys bring McCarthy back? Why do you bring McDermott back? You look at him, sure, definitely, because something has to change, or we're going to be doing the same conversation next year you can't do nothing or you're going to lose again next year to the Chiefs and I don't know what to Let say about Let me ask it. you if Lamar beats Mahomes is that an indictment on Josh Allen that he can't but that hey Lamar did it someone else did Burrow did it it gets, other gets guys so in the weeds that like what did Josh Allen what was he supposed to do yesterday you know like if you really look at that game and you show those drops you show how we ran you show he didn't have a huge statistical game but like he didn't throw a dumb pick you know, I mean, he had a mm -hmm. fumble and he was saved. So, like, it's, it's, it's much more nuanced than, like, Josh can't beat Mahomes. It's like the Bills can't yeah, beat the yeah. Chiefs, and they're not going away. There was a play for Josh Allen, that, and you mentioned it when you said he could have hit Diggs underneath, that he probably wished he could have back, and that was the one throw where we had Shakir in the end zone, and it just fell short as Chris Jones was bearing down on him, and Deion Dawkins is trying to make that block. And Romo said on the broadcast, he's going to want this one back. And I don't think he should have threw the ball to Stephon Diggs because Khalil Shakir is wide open in the end zone. Then this was obviously the bass missed field goal. You like the, the choice? After. I like the choice. You're Josh Allen, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Why am I – I don't want to protect a field goal because you just mentioned it when you said Mahomes would have had a minute and 43 left. A lot of time. I'm going to score. I want to put him in a position where now he has to go out and score a touchdown to beat me. And when you draw up a play and it hits and a guy's open in the end zone, you go for it. You don't just check the ball down because it's just like well, – 
well, this is a safer throw, and that's not who Josh Allen is. And to your point, he played so good, minus the fumble, but he did he avoided the major mistake in that game. And I take what you said as you look at this Buffalo Bills team, and this year felt different because Buffalo wasn't riding high all season. They were at a point where they had to rattle off a bunch mm-hmm. of wins to even make it into the playoffs, and it felt like this was their year to beat Kansas City yeah. and to go on and knock them off and all of that, and it didn't happen. So you do have to go back to the drawing board, and if you keep just bring it back, bring it back, you keep getting to the same point. You have to make a change. And I look at this season for them, and you mentioned the Stephon Diggs drop at the end of the Stephon Diggs went 13 straight games with averaging less than 50 yards receiving. Something went wrong with yeah. that connection for those two guys. And you mentioned it last week. Kelsey and Mahomes, it was the same thing. Uh-huh. We talked about Kelsey hadn't scored a touchdown since week 11. Well, they need Get to the divisional round, you need Travis Kelsey. He's scoring two touchdowns early in that game, two big plays in the air, 20-plus yards, and it didn't happen. And you saw early on in that game, Brady, Joe Brady trying to get the ball to Diggs, a handoff, quick screens, trying to find ways. End up with three catches for 21 yards, and he is their best player on that team other than Josh Allen, and they couldn't get him going. Mm-hmm. I think I read Travis Kelsey has played the fewest offensive snaps this year than he has his whole career, yet when he needed to step up, those are, Kyle, those are three hero moments that you missed out on. The DeMar Hamlin punt conversion, mm-hmm. Shakir, and the Steph Diggs drop. You have a hero that you're going up against on the other side of Patrick Mahomes. Like You need somebody to strike when the heroic moment. I might even put Tyler Bass on that list because that was just a tie. If it was a go-ahead, that'd be different. Three heroic moments that you could have changed the tenor of the night and you're unable to capitalize, that's not a good look. It's not one. It's three opportunities that you could have changed the way this game went. It's all to come on Good Morning Football. The Ravens, they handled their business, and they danced the night away on Saturday night. Up next, it's Mahomes and the Chiefs coming to town. Usher, Usher. We're going to be hearing a lot of Usher next couple of weeks, my friends. I'm into it. Plus, the Lions season continues. We're talking Lions going to the title game after the break. Wonderful time to be alive. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.